Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag and in partnership with the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. This is Season 6, Episode 257, and we kindly ask that you please subscribe to our weekly Bruins Hockey Talk on all worldwide audio podcast platforms and video content on our related Black and Gold Hockey Podcast YouTube channel. Hey, we have a big show today. Um, I'm minus one. I'm flying solo today. Um, our co-host Heather Ingerson is... Uh, attending a family uh, matter and um, I just want to give her a shout out and make sure that everything is okay with her um, continued thoughts my friend and wish you could be here but I totally understand what um, the uh, situation so uh, hopefully we get you back next Tuesday when we do record um, but for now the show must go on and uh, we do have an awesome guest one of my good friends and guy that I really look up to when it comes down to uh, Bruins prospects and prospects up in Canada and the NCAA and all sun uh, all over the place. And his name is Dom Tiano. He was a fantastic guest. And I, I'm sure that folks are really going to like what he has to say because he's just a very knowledgeable person when it comes to hockey at the, uh, at the developmental level. 
Um, and we do, and folks, we do have a jersey to give away. Today is jersey giveaway day, and um, I'm totally psyched. We have a an Andy Moog hand signed jersey that we'll give away later on. So um, please stay tuned for that towards the end of the show. Uh, after we talk to Dom, and uh, we will mention the winner and hopefully get that sent out as soon as possible. Um, but before we do all that, we do hear, have to hear from show sponsor betonline.ag. Betonline.ag has been covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the postseason. Betonline.ag remains your number one spot for all worldwide sports this year. Head to Bet Online's new updated website or mobile app to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, when the game starts. All right, you just heard me talk about BetOnline.ag. Please go there, check it out. Sign up for a free account. Use the promo code CLNS50 to get a sweet-ass bonus. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm not a great gambler, but I always love and enjoy betonline.ag because it's so easy to work with, and their their new uh, website is is just it's up to date and it's amazing. So go check them out. We love them as a show sponsor. Um, with that being said, let's get right to our conversation with Dom Tiano. And as previously mentioned at the beginning of the program, I do have a very special guest. I'm totally pumped for this gentleman to be on the show once again. It's been way too long. His name is Dom Tiano, and he is at Dom Tiano on Twitter. And he's the creator of Dom Hockey, which is a website that covers lots of Bruin stuff. But it's 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 very uh, versed in, in the other areas of hockey as well. Fantastic website. The one-stop shop to go for your weekly Monday prospects. This is this is a, uh, the article I wait for every Monday morning. Don Piano, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, buddy. Appreciate it, Mark. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's great to be on. It has been a while since I've been on any podcast. So I think people stopped calling me. And when I saw today that you were doing a roundtable, I said, you know what? I got to get on. So we arranged this real quick, and here we are. Well, I appreciate you being the only one that answered. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, but um, no, it's great to have you on. I hope that everything is uh, is going okay because uh, Dom is in uh, Canada, and um, and we're going through the same crap. Numbers are going up. It's it's getting bad. But my thoughts just go out to you and family to continue to be safe and so on through these tough times. But I do really, really appreciate you being on the program. I appreciate that, Mark, and you too, and everybody else that's out there listening. Awesome. All right, let's talk some bees. Huh? Let's get to some Boston Bruins talk first. And then before we go, I got to tap into that mind of the of some prospects that I have um, teed up that I'd like you to talk about and uh, give a little bit of an update and some some insight on because um, the, the prospect talk is getting bigger in Bruins Nation. It's, it's because you, it's because me, it's because all these great people that dedicate their time to get people up 
to speed on who's coming up the ranks. And and these people shouldn't be shocked when they get in the lineup and uh, in their that, NHL debut. So that's that's right, Mark. And and you, you got to give credit to the Bruins because really, until uh, the 2021 draft, we haven't had a lot to talk about. But there's some players they picked in 2021 that we can really get excited and get behind. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled and can't wait. All right, let's talk about the uh, NHL Boston Bruins. Um, the, there was some additions during the offseason, uh, and um, notably uh, Eric Halla, Nick Foligno, uh, Thomas Noshek, and goaltender uh, Linus Allmark. And I just want to get your thoughts on, like, put yourself in Don Sweeney's shoes real quick. And I know it's a tough task to do, but were you happy with these moves? And, and also on a, on a dovetail on this, on this, on this question, were these the right moves that you would have done? Boy, start with a hard one. Uh, <laughs> can we start with Hallmark in that Mark? Sure. Um, because that seems to be the one that um, has got everybody's ire up. Now, in, in all honesty, there isn't a GM in the NHL that would have gone into the season with Jeremy Swayman and Daniel Blundar as your number one and number two goaltenders. Not one. It just was not going to happen, especially for a team that um, is going to, or is supposedly going to make the playoffs and has two Karras coming back. Um, if if Swayman and Vladar had faltered, Rask wasn't going to come in and save them. It would have been too late come uh, January or February when he's ready to go. So um, I didn't have an issue with Allmark once whatsoever. I knew it was going to take him some time to get adjusted. I mean, look, he came from the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, enough said right there. Um, then the contract. Um, I'm sure that Linus was kept abreast of everything that was going on with Tuca. Knew what the situation was and that he was potentially going to come back. <coughs> Excuse me, Mark. Um, to sign with Boston, he wanted some protection. So hence the no movement clause. I I'm sure he had other offers, uh, to go elsewhere. So he was willing to do this and be a backup to Tuca if there was a no movement clause, which meant he couldn't be sent down to Providence and he couldn't be traded to Arizona, for example, he at least gets a say on where he goes. If it comes down to that point where, hey, Boston approaches him and wants to move him. So that's the reason there's the protection be in the deal. Um, you yourself wouldn't sign Boston with, uh, on that kind of contract without it, Mark. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. Why should Linus Allmark side the same deal so um that covers all all mark uh let's go to eric holland next um i was excited about the signing um 
Here's the issue what I've, what, that I've had with Halla to date. I think he's better on the wing than he is at center. Much better. And I think we've seen the difference when he's playing on the wing as opposed to center. If we can get that from Halla on the wing and um, he starts to produce, then it's a good signing. But the question is, is who do you put down the middle? Um, Felino, I didn't mind it because he brings a little bit of grit that they're lacking. They're really, really lacking. Uh, let's be clear about that. Um, the thing I liked most about the Felino signing, and you could see it early on that there was, there was a bromance brewing, uh, is I felt that he would bring the best out of Jake DeBrusque. Um, he would be like the father figure there, uh, helping Jake through the, the tough times. And obviously we've seen that, um, you know, it, Jake is asked to move on just to put it, put it simply, but, right. um, that's what I liked the, the, the grittiness that he can bring the leadership and the fact that. He's good with young young players, and he, you know, if Jake was to stick around, uh, I thought he would have been great for Jake. But uh, he's moving on, uh, and then that leaves Forbert, right? Oh, I forgot uh, about Forbert. <laughs> oh, who else was there? There oh, was Nochek. Nochek. Yeah, I, I remember Nochek, but I forgot about Forbert. Yeah, I've I've loved everything that Nochek has brought brought to the team. Uh, I never expected a ton of offense from him, but um, he plays the game the right way. Uh, he He's hard to play against. He can kill penalties. Um, he's one of the few that goes to the net with pace and with passion uh, on a regular basis. Uh, so I really, really, really like that signing. Forbert, I don't know. Uh, he gets knocked on by fans because uh, he's playing top pair of minutes with Charlie McAvoy. I mean, that's not his fault, right? Like, I yeah. mean, that's where the coaching staff is putting him. Um, and the ana analytics really don't look good when those two are together. But uh, it's not like they're doing it all the time. They're picking their moments. They're, uh, you know, game situation dictates when they have to be out there. Uh, I mean, you look at the... Uh, Remind me which game it was now, Mark, where they were, he was on the ice there for the last two and a half minutes with the Bergeron line and with McAvoy. Oh, uh, that was Edmonton, was it not? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. I'm not totally sure about that, though. So, like, I mean, you've got you got to have those type of shutdown guys. and You've got to have guys to kill penalties. And let's face it, he and McAvoy and Carlo are the penalty killers. They really need another one. You take Forbert out of the equation. Who do you have on the left side to kill penalties? Matt Grizzlick? No, they don't trust him to do that. Uh, Mike Riley? Uh, only when they're in desperation mode. Uh, so who else is there? Uh, you know, you, you can't have a team of 20 stars uh, and not have the guys that do the, the grunt work for you. And that's what Derek Forbert is. Yeah. I mean, he's a 
he's a big body that is always seemed to be addressed in Boston. We always need that big kind of shutdown type of player. Um, his offensive capabilities have certainly been shown this year. Uh, yeah, surprising, I think, eh? I think he's getting career numbers and so on. Yeah. So it's not half as bad. Um, you know, it, it does look a little unorthodox out there and so on, but we're just going to get used to him. And out of that, out of that whole list, I think the the, the two that I want to gravitate to um, on on the taking time aspect of of learning the system and so on comes down to Derek Full, but and goaltender um, uh, Linus Allmark. Yeah, um, and we both are huge fans of the Morning Brew with Bill Jaffe and and Andrew Raycroft, and and Razor was even saying, and and uh, Jaffe said the same thing that, you know, th- these guys just need time to adjust to the system. It's this exactly. is new, this is new to them, and so on. Um, the forwards, I don't necessarily believe that they need that much of adjustment because they're going east and west all the time. You know, they could do that yeah. on any team, any system can 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 teach that. But when you're a defensive-minded person, or you're you're constantly in the crease, those are the ones that really get noticed a lot by coaching, especially in Boston. Boston has been a very defensive team since I, 1924. You know, right. it's been absolutely crazy. So it, it it takes a lot to learn. There's a little bit of pressure, but p- folks just got to give it time. I mean, after game one to see in Fulbright, after game one to see in Allmark, it was just toss your hands up. We're yeah. done. What happened? You know, you know, trade these people, send in the problem. Yeah. It, it was just a nightmare. And now look at the last couple of games. But I, I'm I'm glad you touched on that with the four forwards because um the Bruins do expect their centermen to do more work than let's say if you're well, I don't want to say Nashville because they basically play the same style, but um pick any team and i think that's where eric Halla was having the trouble uh making the adjustment uh is what's expected to play down the middle in boston um i mean he he should know because he played in nashville like i said they're pretty much the same uh but i i think if we we could keep him on the wing on a regular basis i think we'd see a noticeable improvement in his game and the production start to come up jumping back to hollow um <clears throat> before his sitting there was there was signs that it was slumping you know blah 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 this and that but once he sat for that one game the response was really good and i was impressed with his game after that um his defensive style jumped up a little bit more mm-hmm. than, than his offensive capabilities and i think that that is what they the this coaching staff and it really breeds into these players is to you know, you're going to make mistakes, but be ready to to get that puck back if you do. Right. So your your defensive style just has to be better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I hate to say this, but like the game of Patrice Bergeron and his and his four. Um, uh, Jesus, I can't remember. I remember Bob Gainey, but um, yeah. what's the what's the trophy again? Oh, the, uh, the Selkie. Selkie trophy, the Selkie trophy, you know, and all that and two way forward, blah, blah, blah. One of the best in the league, Hall of Famer and so on. That's that's the expectations of everybody on this roster, in my opinion, when it comes down to the defensive style. It's not how you score goals and how you play and, and being just like, like Bergeron, but you've got to be like him when you don't have the puck, when you make a mistake. And it's all on how you recover. Yeah. And nobody recovers better than he does. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah, you know, uh, the, I mean, the, in, in the end, the trophy should be renamed after him. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, 
we've been spoiled of 17 years of watching him play and and you know there's a bar there and we expect everybody to be like him and let, let's face it there's only one and they're only every he will likely be the only one that's ever like that um sure there are other great defensive forwards but none none in the caliber that, that he's been in so to expect uh a charlie coyle or an eric Halla or a jack stadnika to turn into a bergeron no, it's not happening folks just not happening yeah absolutely um all right so we are past the um quarter mark that was uh the united states thanksgiving pretty much yeah. of the, is that um what are your thoughts on let me ask you this uh, a two-part question again not a tough one your your expectations during the offseason after all these signings were done and you looked at this team and said on paper okay we have this and then you look past thanksgiving in that quarter mark air quotes and now you have this. What what do you, what are your thoughts on on that whole transition? My honest opinion, Mark, and people are not going to believe this, but my honest opinion in the off season was this team is going to be slow to get out of the gate for a couple of reasons. One, the number of changes that they made, and you know, getting players accustomed to playing the system, and two, the schedule. And I've talked a lot about the schedule early on. You you can't expect 20 guys to go get out on the ice uh, playing one game a week and expect to have any kind of chemistry, uh, any time of, type of momentum, any type of gelling. It just doesn't happen. And I talked, a, uh, like I said, I talked a lot about it, especially about the defensemen, because as we see now that they're playing a lot more, things are starting to come together. Um, but um, I know th- American Thanksgiving is the mark that everybody looks at. And um, in a normal year, that's what I'd be looking at. But uh, for me this year, I just want to see how things play out until the Olympic break. Where they are at the Olympic break and Tuka Rass coming back, I'll have a better feel of what this team is capable of. Um, I'm not even going to give it to trade deadline, Mark, which is March. Uh, it's, yeah, it's late this year. Yeah, 25th, I believe it is this year. I'm not even going to give it that. Olympic break, that's where I want to see where the team is at. If Rask is for sure coming back, then we'll have a better sense of what this team is capable of. So great segue there, um, Dom. Truly appreciate that. And we are talking to Dom Tiano from um, Dom Hockey. Go to domhockey.com. I will put the show notes in the um, – um, I'll put the whole link in the website. I forgot all those numbers, Dom. I apologize. Yeah, but, I don't but, even know why I came up with those numbers, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I, I will put it down there for the listeners to check out, and hopefully they'll bookmark and get on board with all your writings because they're fantastic. Um, but the Olympics. We're getting – the numbers are going crazy about on the world. It's It's happening again. It sucks. Um, and it's even happening to our team, uh, particularly this um, 
today and and before yeah. the game tonight against the uh national i mean uh vegas golden knights um what are your thoughts on the olympics is it worth it at this point or is it just i mean i know you're a proud canadian and you and you probably saw some unbelievable olympic action in your time not to age you at all dom but yeah you know it, it might be one of it probably is one of your favorite times a year yeah um, i mean you know? i I love I love the Olympics. I love the World Juniors, um, um, but it's not because I'm a proud Canadian, Mark. It's just because I'm a proud hockey fan, and you know that is some of the best hockey uh, we'll ever get to see. Um, I would love for the players to take part in the Olympics, but I. I just don't see it happening with with the threat of being uh, quarantined in China for three weeks if you test positive. Um, I I I just don't see it. I heard news today that uh, the Chinese government may be willing to waive so that they could um, quarantine at home, but. This may not be fair for me to say, but are you going to trust the Chinese government? Right. Um, so I, if if I was a player, I would be very, very leery. Because let's face it, they go and they test positive. They can't come home for three weeks. And um, they're not getting paid. And we're talking the highest paid. Imagine Connor McDavid going there. Uh, being paid 12 million bucks a year, how much money is going to come out of his pocket for not playing for three weeks? Mm, um, nice, nice second change right there. Yeah. So um, I don't know. My, my, under, my understanding was that the players that were select, that were going to be selected to go uh, for whichever country they were representing would get to vote. Yes, we want to go. No, we don't want to go. And it's just a simple majority wins. 50.1%. Yes, they go. 50.1%. No, they don't go. Um, Now I'm hearing that I've heard whispers today that they're extending it to every, the vote to every player in the league. So um, let me just throw a name out there. Let's say you're John Moore. And you've got three weeks scheduled off and you've got a trip planned with your wife to go to the Bahamas or something. Are you going to vote yes, go or no, don't go? Yeah, probably no, don't go. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. And so I, I, I don't think it's fair to include the players that weren't going to represent their country because... I don't know if they can if they could vote fairly, to be honest with you, Mark. So, um, you know, listening to Gary Bettman speak the other day, they made it very clear the league does not want the players to go, but he's leaving it up to the players. It's their decision. If they decide to go, the league will support them. But understand, this is what the situation is. So... You know, as much as much as a bum rap as Gary Bettman gets, uh, you know, over the last couple of years with this pandemic, uh, hockey fans should be glad he was there to to lead the way because he's done a, a fantastic job. Yeah, 
Um, and, and now you segue into another whole, another like wormhole here, Dom. I love it. Um, speaking of Gary Bettman and trust and so on, and you know, recent reports are coming out. Um, factual? No, I'm not sure, but the word is out there that there possibly could be another lockout down the road. Um, and this one is concerning the um, escrow that needs to be paid up to the owners. And I think that is uh, above a billion or is it at a billion? It's at a billion dollars right now. But here's the thing, Mark, is the league has has estimated revenues at this year to be $5.2 billion. That's in part to more fans at the games and, of course, the two U.S. Uh, television deals, okay, which brings the revenue up. That's higher than it was prior to the lockout or sorry, par- prior to the pandemic, okay? Okay. So the revenue is higher than it was. You you add Seattle into the mix, uh, a lot more money coming in there. Uh, they're now projecting the cap next year to be $82.5 million, up to $1 million. They're also projecting that the amount that the players owe the owners and – People say, well, why do the players owe the owners anything? Well, the players were paid. Even though they didn't play an 82-game schedule last year, they got paid, okay? But remember, the CBA calls for a 50-50 split. So whatever more the players got is owed back to the owners. That's why the players owe the owners back, uh, money back. But they're saying now, based on this new revenue projection for this year, that the players will have paid the owners back up to two years earlier than predicted. Oh, no shit. I didn't know that. So they could be, the owners could be paid back just before the 2023-2024 season, which is before this CBA expires. Right, because it got extended. Right. So... Uh, I don't believe the hogwash boat. There could be a lockout uh, because of this money owed because it'll be paid back well in advance. What even the NHL PA thought it was going to be paid back. Like the, even the PA thought it was going to be 2025, 2026 before the owners were paid back. We're talking two years earlier now. So nobody expected the revenue to be up where it is right now. And, um, a lot of things play into it. Like I said, the the two U.S. Uh, television deals and uh, Seattle bringing money in and bands coming back. All right, now, bands aren't coming back in droves everywhere. There are some markets that are down, but uh, look at a team like Boston. They're still selling out. So, yeah. uh, to me, that's good news. Just to see even... A million dollar bump in the cap for next year is pointing things in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. I, I totally agree with that. But one thing I did, I got to kick back on you on, on is what if like, let's just say I saw somebody tweet about, it. I'm not going to mention them, but I saw a tweet earlier that says, don't be surprised. And this is, this is just, you know, this spitballing basically there's no nothing. There's no truth behind it, but don't be surprised if after the new year, some cities and the numbers are so high that the, the teams can cannot, you know, facilitate fans because it's 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 unsafe. Now, with the with 
what about those numbers then? Because we're not getting fans in the stands now. Are those going to be adjusted? Um, I don't know how that would work, Mark. That's a, a situation I hope we never come across. I know. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I, I think that each individual arena, like, for instance, here in the entire Ontario Hockey League, Mark, I go to four or five games a week. It's mandatory. You have to wear a mask. And I see ushers going around and people aren't wearing their mask. They're not eating. They're not drinking. They're being told to put their masks on or leave. Okay. Watch an NHL game when they're panning the arena. I can, I can easily count how many people are wearing masks easier than I can count people that aren't wearing masks because there's a lot more that are not. So, um, there has to be some better enforcement there. And let's face it, people need to grow up. If you don't want to wear a mask, stay home. Somebody else will buy the ticket. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And Dom, just to touch on that and, and kind of the irresponsibility of arenas and security and so on is I've talked to several people. I haven't been to a game yet. I'm just not ready to, to get into big, big time groups like that just quite yet. Yeah. But I've known several people that have gone to games and they say that you're told to put your mask on. You're told to provide a card with a double vaccination and you go through. And once you get through the, the, the seeing eyeballs, it's over. Everybody's taking them off and going to the seats and no ushers are coming down to say anything. Yeah. And that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be uh, policed a little bit more and not just be, not just to be a jerk or anything like that. Or or we're not talking to be to asses or anything like that. But if you want to contain something and have everything go according to plan, like we still love hockey, hockey's going on. Let's keep it that way. Why are we putting a speed bump in the, in the road of, of progressing and trying to get better and trying to get normalcy back into our lives, you know? Yep. Exactly. Mark. It's like, we're allowed to to talk to a play. I mean, we're not allowed to go into the dressing room anymore right now. Nope. But they'll bring <laughs> a player. They'll bring a player out. You can set your phone on the table, uh, set it to record whatever he's saying. Step back. He'll come out, answer your questions. What whatever. We don't have the the contact that we're used to having with the players. At, at least in my experience. I mean, I'm just talking junior hockey here. Um, well, at the so, AHL, at the AHL level, Dom, I can't even talk to a player. Uh, All see, when I when I go down to Providence and I cover the team as a media member, we we have Zoom meetings after the game with uh, Ryan Mujanel, and even well, it, it wasn't. Um, I was I didn't go down when the whole when the full pandemic was going on. I just got back this year as a media member, but yeah, that's it. We don't talk to players or anything yeah, like that. So, we get all our information from Ryan. Yeah, and I understand the 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 idea behind it is to keep the players safe and and let's face it without if they're sick we're not watching hockey so i can understand it i can live with it but as a fan when a fan is being told look to keep everybody safe not just yourself but the person beside you wear a mask and you're not wearing a mask um yeah, I mean, it's, it's stupidity. I mean, we're lucky because we get to go to a media booth and as media members, we understand uh, the importance of it. So we're all wearing masks. But I, I wouldn't, let's 
put it this way. I wouldn't go into Budweiser Garden in London where there's 9,000 fans and 8,000 of them aren't wearing masks. I wouldn't leave the, the media booth until everybody had exited the building. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, so I don't know. That's where I stand on that, Mark. I, I would just hate to see. I mean, we're seeing games get canceled. There's what, two canceled tonight, right? Yes. Um, so I... I'd hate to see where we start losing a lot of games and heaven forbid a season uh, because, you know, it could be hard to survive another one. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The owners. Absolutely. Not only that, if it filters down to the, um, the minor pro levels where they, yeah. they just don't make a ton of money, they really rely on ticket sales and so on. Yeah. It's much like the Canadian juniors, you know? Yeah. All right, Dom, we're going to take a half an hour break and hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Marabilia. He's got some fantastic stuff, some hand-signed brewing stuff. We've got jerseys from Andy Moog, uh, Rick Middleton, uh, Don Markart that we're giving away. Um, actually, we're giving away a jersey today, the Andy Moog jersey. So let's hear from uh, Bruce Sullivan, and we'll be right back. <laughs> This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. We are pleased to announce our Black Friday sales event with autographed Bruins jerseys for as low as $59. Check it out. Introducing our Black Friday sale on Boston Bruins autographed jerseys. Choose from the captain, Johnny Busick, white style, black style, gold style, or 1970 all-star style. All inscribed, your choice. $69 $69 a piece or any three Bruins jerseys, $59 a piece. Next up, Jerry Cheevers, black or white. Rick Middleton, black or white. Don Marcotte, black or white. Terry O'Reilly, black or white jersey. All inscribed, JSA authenticated, $69 for one or choose any three for $59 a piece. We are pleased to announce upcoming signings with 2011 Stanley Cup champ Sean Thornton and Peabody native and NHL All-Star Bobby Carpenter on December 4th. Have jerseys, pucks, minis, and photos. Bruins Stanley Cup champ and enforcer Sean Thornton is our Legend of the Week. And you can buy something from the Sean Thornton Legend Collection. Start with the Sean Thornton JSA authenticated, hand-signed, and inscribed 2011 Stanley Cup champ jerseys. Your choice. White style throwback or black style, just $89. Or choose this beautiful Bruins hand-signed and inscribed Sean Thornton JSA authenticated puck for just $35. Or one of three 8x10 hand-signed photos. Two fighting photos and one cup photo. Your choice, just $34. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! (laughs) 
All right, we are back. We just heard from Bruce Sullivan. Folks, you got to get in touch with this guy. Uh, if you listen to his email, you should have written it down. If you didn't, rewind it and get the information. Follow the Facebook page. Like and share his stuff. He gives away free stuff. And it's all hand-signed. It has pictures, video, Ray Bork sitting there, you know, signing a jersey, signing a mini helmet, signing a picture. It's all authentic, all authenticated, and everything like that. And Bruce is a trusted friend. And one of my go-tos for all my uh, black and gold Patreon giveaway gear. We are back with Dom Tiano. You can follow him at Dom Tiano on Twitter. Thank you so much again, Dom. Truly appreciate your presence here. Um, this is this is one that I think that you're going to enjoy. And I think we're going to have a good conversation about. Um, Patrice Bergeron took um, a little bit of liberties recently. And... The, the response from the fans were it was tough. It was tough to see actually on oh, how very. much on how much um, uh, he was taking, uh, and he got a broken nose out of it too, which was uh, yeah a from the Forsberg up. hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, that was the Nashville game, but I saw that. I saw the fan freak out, but I also heard uh, Trent Frederick come on and say um, about it because he's got asked about the response and how come they were the lack thereof. And, um, and he said they need to be better. Um, what are your thoughts on needing to be better and what line should they not cross? Um, I don't know what I have more issue with the lack of response or Frederick's response after the fact. It's his comments irked me, Mark, uh, because he's the one guy on the team that should be the guy to step in and do something. And to make that comment a few days later, as now, I understand there's a large group of fans that blame the coaching. They think they're holding him back, but uh, no, you're, you, you go out to the bar with your best buddy and somebody takes a swing at him and knocks him flat on his ass and you go to step in and uh, your other buddy behind you says, no, it's uh, not your fight. Stay out of it. You're going in to protect your buddy. Okay. Uh, Bruce Cassidy wasn't there to hold anybody back. He wasn't. Uh, Trent Frederick has lost his marbles uh, trying to go after players for less than that. And for him not to respond um, irked me, but his comments irked me even more. That said, um, it can't happen again. It doesn't matter that it's Patrice Bergeron. Uh, you do the same if it's Charlie McAvoy, Brandon Carlo, Matt Grizzlick. Um, heck, even if it's somebody does it to Jake DeBrusque. He's your teammate, man. Stand up for him. This idea that the two-minute two instigator prevents it from happening. People should really look. Do be Before you comment on it, do some research. How many instigator penalties are actually handed out in a season? <laughs> the referees don't like handing them out. Okay? The referees will hand out an instigator if Trent Frederick had gone after 
uh, Forsberg and said, let's go. And Forsberg declined and Frederick jumped him. That's when they'll give out a, uh, uh, instigator. If he went after him and Forsberg saw him coming and, and dropped his gloves, there's no instigator there. Even if Forsberg just agreed to go with him, there's no instigator there. Chances are Forsberg isn't going to go with anybody because he's not that type of player. Right. But Forsberg is to Nashville what Bergeron is to Boston. Somebody is going to step in into into protect Forsberg. And there's your fight. Um, there's your response. Um, so this instigator penalty preventing it from happening is is garbage because it's it's the instigator just isn't called like that and the mere mention that cassidy is holding him back uh no frederick has gotten in there trying to pick fights grabbing a jersey throwing jabs at the chin face washing uh but it's funny because i made this comment to somebody the other day people aren't fighting aren't fighting Trent Frederick, and it's not because they're afraid of him because he stood up to Tom Wilson. It's because usually in those cases, the Bruins are down, and Frederick's trying to get something stirred up to get him going, and they're like, why should I fight you and give your team a boost? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, I don't know, that's where I stand on it. I I was just not happy with Frederick's response. No, I wasn't either uh, on the ice or, or later on in an interview. Uh, and I'm a, I'm, I'm a Freddie guy. Uh, I've, you know, I just, I've been around him since I was, since 2016 in the old tin can at the Ristruccia Arena yeah. in Wilmington, Mass and blah, 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 you know, and his family's really nice and so on. And his brothers are, are really cool. Um, but, you know, it's just, I, I expected a little bit more than that. Um, but also these two teams are, are uh, facing each other the 15th of January. Do you think there'll be a response then? Um, yeah, I think you'll see it from either Frederick, uh, but more likely you'll see something from Felino. Yeah, okay. That's, that's, that's my guess. Uh, Marshan will... Marshan will get him all riled up, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, in a Brad Marshan type type of way, I don't think Brad's gonna drop the gloves and go with him or jump him. That, but I, I think you'll see Felino take shots at him, and I think yeah, you'll see Frederick take shots at him. Yeah, should be a good game no matter and what. Don't be surprised if Char- Charlie McAvoy lays one of his punishing hits. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> God, he reminds me of Borky sometimes with that oh, with that yeah. hip. It, when he gets yeah. that hip involved, man. Yeah. And and well, Raymond, Brad, Raymond, Brad Raymond would come out of yeah, yeah, no kidding. Brad. Yeah. But Raymond just had that timing and he'd get in that tuck. I mean, the, the player saw it all day coming and it just still skated right in. Couldn't avoid it. I know I the best hip checker I've ever seen is Brad Park. Yeah. Like, I mean, he could disguise it like nobody else could. And it's like, whoa, man, that was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on to another topic that I think you'll find interesting as well is 
Um, the Taylor Hall, um, I, I think he's a tremendous player. Still one of the top, you know, the one of the league's best. Not not in your top ten anymore, like the McDavid's and 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 so on. Um, but um, I, I'm seeing positive things from Taylor Hall in in his in his time in Boston. Even though a lot of people don't find that they, they don't see the small impacts that he makes in his skating, his recovery his you know his defensive style of the game and so on but what what's really bothering me now is is he's getting to the certain areas okay but what is going on with the lack of finish with this player lately and i know you've seen him a lot growing up oh uh, yeah I with him being him. an ohl yeah um it's funny Mark, because I was asked something similar in my mailbag, which comes out tomorrow. So you're getting the answer first. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, here, here's the issue I have with that line as a whole is if, if you go back a year with David Krejci, David Krejci drove that line. And that's because David Krejci is a driver. He can drive a line. Taylor Hall has in the past and the Bruins have said as much. We need him to drive the line if it's going to be successful this year. And for some reason, it's just not happening. I, I don't know why it's it's not meshing. Um, because they've had some moments. They've had some moments with extended zone time. Um, chances. They're, uh, you know, a lot of times they're limiting chances against. Uh but they've also been hemmed in their own zone at times too. So people are going to hate me for this one. So this person, when he he asked me, he says, how would you change the lineup? Uh, Would you move Pasternak down to the second line? And I thought about it and uh, no, I wouldn't. What I would do is I would swap Taylor Hall with Brad Marchand because Brad Marchand can drive a line. Patrice Bergeron can drive a line. David Pasternak could drive a line. That way Taylor Hall doesn't have to be the driver. And we saw with the three games that Brad was uh, suspended that there's some chemistry there uh, between Hall and Pasternak. And as I mean, you alluded to Billy Jaffe and, and Andrew Raycroft. They even said, you know, uh, Patrice Bergeron basically had an easier game because all he had to do was sit back and read off of them. Yeah. That's how well they meshed. Could Brad Marchand uh, bring up Coyle and and Smith or Felino, whoever? I w- if it's Brad Marchand, I would put Smith there because Smith is a shooter and Marchand can get him the puck. Coyle, as we've seen, is a tremendous shooter, but he just doesn't choose enough, shoot enough. Marshan can get him the puck. Marshan also has a great shot. So that's my far-fetched way on how, how I would do it. I know I, there's not a hope in hell that we're going to see it, but um, I don't know if, if putting Pasternak down on the second line um, – it, without Bergeron in the middle, how Coyle fits in there. It, it's like Coyle's a puck possession type player. 
Um, so I don't know. I don't know how how well that would work. See, my thought on this whole thing <laughs> is, you know, it 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 really sucked to have an offensive, um, you know, um, juggernaut like uh, Marshan be be suspended. All right, but what it does do is it gives coaching staff and fans an opportunity to see somebody rise up to the occasion, right. the next man up mentality, and so on. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's what that. exactly he, he and he did that. But I just like that small sample size that they, you know, you can go back on the tapes and you can read that and just say, you know what, we have something here if needed. Just I, I, I love Bruce and everything. I really, I really think he's a great coach and so on. But I just want him to be a little more creative. When you know when you're absolutely when you're down and out into a game, spread the offense out. It's just you, you really can't have you can't rely on that on that top line anymore because it's not that it's not perfection. It's production, but it's yep. not perfection. Right. Yeah, I, I I agree. I I mean they have to split them up somehow. How you do it, I don't know. It's like to me, I I to me. The thing that makes the most sense is switching Hall and Marshan. But the, oh, you can't split up Bergeron Marshan crowd is going to be all over me for that I, one. But I know, <laughs> you know, yeah, you can. We just saw it for three games. You can. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, How about goaltending? Let's go to goaltending. Um, this is an interesting one too. Um, we already talked about Allmark and his contract at the beginning of uh, your entrance um, when we talked about the new additions to the team and so on. Mm-hmm. And I, and like you, like you alluded to earlier, the schedule is starting to get back to a and basically an every other day game, and mm-hmm. not like in October, early October when we have a game and you had eighty days off. You're right. You know, it was just ridiculous. The schedule was absolutely mind-boggling. But now that we're seeing these two goaltenders get into a real repetitive motion, Jeremy Swayman and and, and Linus Allmark, they're playing much better. Numbers are getting better. Allmark is really, really feeling it now, and it's great to see. He's really starting to feel real comfortable, I believe. But that's also construed to what's being in front of him, too. Lately, exactly. Lately, I, I mean, I jokingly tweeted the other day, like, um, I'm sure you probably saw it, Mark, it, about uh, Swayman and Allmark's resurgence ever since Tuka Rask was the emergency backup goalie for practice. I did see that. All of, and uh, people thought I was serious, but I was being half joking <laughs> about it. But um, yeah, go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no worries. But but it was the it was just the fact is that you know they're starting to really come into their own, and and I think that by by them doing that in the crease on separate occasions, they're feeding something that the defense is like, hey, these guys are really the workhorses in the back end. We got to step up our game. And in the past two weeks, I want to say I've seen a huge, huge rise in how this defensive structure is done it's not been pretty all the time but it's been a hell of a lot better than the than the uh defensive collapses that i've seen at the beginning of the season when they just because the trust is there now mark they trust they trust both guys at the net now i mean they 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 both have been on a three or four game stretch each that were where let's put it this way up until nashville 
no goaltender had stolen a game for them. None. That's right. That's right. Neither Allmark nor Swayman had stolen a game for the Bruins. Now they stole, Swayman stole the one in Nashville. Um, Allmark Calgary? Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, he probably stole that game because I don't think the Bruins should have won. Uh, the, and then Edmonton. So, you know, they're stealing games. The players have the trust in them. They're no longer gripping the sticks, worried about, well, you know, I can't do this because, you know, I got to protect my goaltender. Um, it goes back to, go back a year ago with Tuka Rask and Yarrow Halak. Uh, or, or two years ago. They, they they could trust both guys. So there was really no difference in the way they played. But when Halak started to slow down last year you could see the team played differently in front of the goalies depending which whichever one was in net so <clears throat> having the guy back there who can make the saves that he has to make and and make one or two saves that he's not supposed to make uh really sets the team up for success going the other way so uh totally agree with you it's it's made a huge difference now as you say, where they're basically playing every other night. How do you split it up? Mm. You know, I'm a firm believer, and this is totally against what any NHL coach does. So if you have a back-to-back, every single NHL goalie play or coach plays their number one goalie against the better team. I would go the other way. Play your backup against the better team and play your number one goalie where you're supposed to have the guaranteed points against the weaker team. But who's the better goalie right now? You don't know. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Like, you could throw any guy in there right now, and as long as they keep playing the way that they are, they're going to give you a chance to win. So I'd be curious to see. I don't want to say the coaching staff, because it, it, it comes down to goalie Bob, who he who he feels is the guy who should be the starter. Yeah. So I, I don't know. You got a sense on how to split it up because I sure as heck don't. Do you, do you find it interesting that uh, Bob Ascent is getting more involved in, in stuff like that? No, I think he's always been involved. I think oh, we're, we're just, just hearing it. We're just hearing it now okay. for, the, for the first time because um, he's always there. So, and he's working with the goalies at just about every practice. So, uh, no, I think we're just hearing it for the first time. <laughs> All right, we're getting down to the last minutes of our conversation, so let's jump to a real quick one. Jack Stanika and uh, Oscar Skeen just got called up tonight. It's yeah. for the COVID reasons. Um, we did not mention that Brad Marchand is out for tonight's game against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, and also um, uh, Craig Smith is out against the Golden Knights tonight. Is he? I, didn't, I missed that one. Yeah, yeah, he's out. Um, so Jackson Nick is in, um, I've, we've, I've known you for a long time, Dom, and I've always been a Sidnika guy, more or less. I got most of my Sidnika, um, insight from you because you watched a lot of his games, uh, with the Oshawa generals back in the day. Um, what are your thoughts on him, um, right now and where he could be And last year was entry level deal. And it's, it's, a, it's kind of an auditioning, um, for, for him, 
But the games that I've covered down the NHL and I see from my own eyes, I do see a good two-way game, but he lacks the finish down, even down in the AHL. And that's kind of a concern for me. But uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on Jack and, and still being a prospect in this Boston Bruins organization? I still think he's a pro- prospect. Uh, I think when I did my rankings, I had him third behind uh, Lysel and Mason Lorai and then Jack Stanika just ahead of, of Johnny Beecher. Um, look, again, he's another one that Bruce Cassidy gets blamed about for ruining him. Jack Stanika is not ruined. Um, you know, it, it's... Uh, well, yeah, but he went and did everything he was asked to do. He put on the muscle in the offseason. I go, yeah, but when did you talk to Bruce Cassidy and he told you exactly what it was he wanted Stanika to do in the offseason? How do you know? Tell me, how do you know? Because I know I talk to people who talk to Bruce Cassidy. It, it's it's not about what the guy does in the does in the off season to get ready or whatever it's what he does in training camp and practice now we had a great training camp uh, you know unfortunately the numbers said he had to go back but now i'm hearing about he doesn't look in it in, in, involved in providence and uh um doesn't look like himself and it's like you know uh they're saying he's ruined and all this and i go is he dealing with an injury? Uh, no, nothing's been announced. Just because it hasn't been announced doesn't mean he's not fighting through something. True. I know whether he is or not. I It's not my place to say it publicly, so I'll keep my mouth shut if if that's okay, Mark. But Absolutely. There, don't say nothing you don't feel comfortable with. Yeah. There, it's not always black and white. And fans want things black and white, but it's not always black and white. There's something there with Jack. We don't know what it is. And we chances are we will never know what it is. But it's not Bruce Cassidy. Right. Jack Stanika, I have talked to him many a times. I followed him before he was in junior hockey. Uh, you know, talked to him a number of times after games. Uh, I've had him on a podcast. He was grateful enough to come come on with me. He signed a jersey for me to give away. I remember, you that. remember that. I wrote an article about that. Yeah. It. yeah so right. then he got traded. So um, there you go. Um, the kid works hard. He's an honest kid. Uh, he's not going to be Jake DeBrusque and come out and demand a trade. He's just going to work harder to get to where he needs to be. And and I have faith in him. I think he will get there because he has it up here. He has the hockey sense. He has the brains. He has the work ethic. And he has the attitude. Let's just let him get through what he's going through. I don't know if he's going to be in the lineup tonight. Was it announced yet? I don't believe it was announced. I think it <laughs> might have been just an emergency thing. Because yeah, I imagine Steen will get in for, for Smith, right? Probably. And, and uh, Polino will probably go to the left side. 
in uh, in Marshawn's spot. And I guess Jack will get in center on the third line and move. Uh, they move Holland to left wing and Coolman on right wing. There you go. You mentioned Holler on the left wing, or on the wing, whatever wing would be good. Yeah. Um, so, Os- Oscar Steen, what do you think about his work ethic so far? I love the kid. I really do, Mark. <laughs> He's awesome. I, I really, really do. It, it, but you know, we live. We live in a fast food world where everybody has a fast food mentality and everybody wants everything now. I have no problem with a player percolating in the AHL for, you know, until he's out of his entry-level contract, if that needs to be the case, and that's the case with Oscar Steen. It's the old Detroit Red Wings motto. Look how good they were for so long by letting their kids percolate in the AHL. I know. I'm not saying the Bruins have this fantastic um, prospect uh, pool to deal from in in Providence because they don't. But the ones that are capable of being NHL players, let them percolate. Let them – why bring them up to what was 25 games of a shit show, if I could say that, in the the first quarter of the season, Mark? Why why subject – Oscar Steen or Jack Stanico or Jack Sean or anybody else you want to name to what the Bruins went through the first 25 games. Yeah. They were it's playing one game a week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, the, the, the whole, the whole narrative of, <laughs> of, um, you know, fans that just the shiny new toy mentality, yeah. the um, you know, you need to be in the NHL as soon as you leave the podium type of people just, they, I mean, to each their own and everything, but today's NHL is so much different. It, it, yeah. you, you really need to invest in what you have and not just expose it and then, you know, get rid of it. Um, I believe that the Boston Bruins work very well with what they have, especially down in Providence, Ryan Mujanel and, and Trent Whitfield and, and Ryan, uh, Matt Walsh. Those guys are all working really good with the AHL only players and the Bruins prospects that are playing down yeah. in the top minor pro affiliate. So um, is it blowing anybody away? Is it going to be a Corey Promins freaking prospect at rankings down at, in 10 anytime soon? Probably not. But what they're doing down there is something special. Not this year particularly, but yeah, Providence is on a trend. They always they always get their gears going in late December, early January. Yeah, You know, right. much like every AHL team because of the injuries that happen to their parent yeah. club. You know, it's just crazy. Let's just give it time. That's what I say. You know, yeah. it's, it's sometimes patience is the best thing. Absolutely. You know? Oh, I totally agree. All right. Um, let's get to some um, prospects that are outside of the organization right now. And uh, two particularly, I know you've been driving around uh, Southern Ontario a lot lately uh, watching these two guys, but I do want you to tell me about uh, center uh, uh, Brett Harrison from the Oshawa generals. Um, you've been speaking a lot of highly good things about him. Not so much when he first started, uh, when he came, you know got released from Bruins training and so on. But lately, he's been really yeah. Because I w- I was not happy with him at the start of the season. Right? I know, I, I know, I was not because unfortunately he got. Uh, I don't know. I saw a lack of effort defensively. Uh, you know, I posted a video where he 
followed a guy in the offensive corner uh, uh, around the boards and kept like six feet away with him and not even touching him or putting a stick on him or anything and uh, led to an easy breakout and a goal the other way. I was just not happy with his uh, his defensive game or, or effort. I mean, there was no effort. I, I'm just going to say it plain and simple. There was no effort. In fairness to him, he was stuck playing the wing um, for the most part with uh, Ty Tulio as a center, an Edmonton fifth-round draft pick, I think he was. Um, so it's not his natural position. I, I think he looked lost and didn't know what to do. But, man, um, I think I think the coach, the coaches in Oshawa saw my my report on it because the very next day they put him at center and he's – skyrocketed since then i think he had zero points in his first three games when i wrote that and since then uh where is he here harrison has uh 15 goals and 11 assists in his last 18 games that's not bad you know so uh you know somebody was listening (laughs) i love it um (laughs) the unfortunate part though mark is Oshawa made a trade um, early last week. Uh, They acquired a kid. uh, His name is Roloffs from the London Knights for two draft picks because they wanted to spread the scoring out. So Roloffs is a 2022 draft eligible, eligible player. So they've got him playing on the first line with Ty Tulio, which bumped Harrison down to the second line. Um, And what did he do since then? In those three games, he got, uh, I got to find him again. Uh, Three goals and two assists in those two games. Now, he's still getting top PP time. Sometimes he'll play the point. Sometimes he'll play the wing. I like the idea of him playing the point because he's got a superb shot. So he can move down to the half circle and get it off there, or he can make a play. And sometimes he plays the wing, but very rarely does he play down the middle on on the PP. So, um, you know, just because he's bumped down a line doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean that it's something negative to do with him. It's just the way that they they want to spread out the scoring, and uh, it's working for them. I mean, the roll-ups kid's got four points in the three games he's been in Oshawa. So nice. Um, but Harrison gets to play with a uh, a superb rookie. I mean, I know you watch OHL games too, Mark. I don't know if you. Oh yeah, I get the CHL live package. Yeah, man. I get so, all three freaking leagues. <laughs> Caleb Ritchie, you watch because that's who who uh, Harrison is playing with. Uh, isn't draft eligible till 2023 and this kid is gonna be good so Jeez. uh i know good old bob weddick is keeping an eye on harrison so i hope he's keeping an eye on richie for for 2023 Jesus, keep an eye on him next time you watch brett harrison i will i will and if he's available for a bruins pick do you can you imagine the uh the the, the fan base losing their mind about yeah, getting another richie? <laughs> no relation to the other <laughs> <laughs> all right all right I'm Tom. Sure, 
I'm sure you were going to ask me about Ryan Mass too. That, that's my next one. I was going right down to Sarnia Sting defenseman Ryan Mass. What, what can you tell um, me about Ryan? You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Mark, because I, I don't want to pump anybody's tires unless I'm absolutely sure. And I still haven't got a solid read on him. Um, uh, Saturday night or Friday night, I forget which night it was, they took a 9-1 drubbing against uh, the Kitchener Rangers, and he was a minus five. And I know people watch the stat page and they're like, Wow, that's no good, man. That's, uh, you know, I mean, I read the comments, I know. But um, here we are in the third period, and it was 7-1, to one, and this guy was still rushing up ice, joining the play, working his ass off with uh, a, a game that they're losing 7-1, to one, and there's like eight minutes left to go in the game. So I love his work ethic. I love his leadership too, because at one point the camera, I didn't, I wasn't at that game. So I had to watch it later on tape. The camera was uh, scanning the Sarnia bench and he was just giving it to his teammates. This is an 18 year old, huh. you know? So I love his leadership. Um, I, I love the size. I love that he's a bit of an awkward skater, Mark. I'm sure you probably watched him too. Yeah. It's like he's almost bent over at a, a 45 degree angle for a guy who's what uh six five, you know. It's it it looks really awkward, but very film, gets, like a flamingo. Yeah, and but he gets there and he gets there quickly. So he's yeah. a superb skater, excellent edges and everything. Um even his backwards skating. And I, I like his defensive game. And he quarterbacks a power play. But my my issue with Mast was, and a lot of people talk about this, is they don't know what his offensive upside is. And we're 25 games into the season. He's got three goals and eight assists. So he's, what, about 0.4 points per game? Yeah. As a young 18-year-old. <laughs> excuse me so um i don't know i i i just i i can't get a read on what he's going to be at the next level whether he's got some offensive upside or whether he's going to be a shutdown defender yeah i mean that's, that's my fair and honest honest take on him yeah for me it's, it's definitely a work in progress this is a yeah. great league for him to to develop in uh, Sarnia's got a really a, a decent program, um, and a very young team, very yeah, very young team. Absolutely, and you know Ryan's going to get involved in the summer um, uh, festivities at development camp, get more a- uh, adequate with the team, learn the systems. Even though he's not going to be there, it's all about the the small integrations into the system into your head as a young as a young development player, and you know things can really work out. I, I, we've always said to each other, Dom, that. We cannot just look at a score sheet and just say, look at numbers and, and then say they're terrible people or terrible players and so on. They have no upside at all. That's just totally wrong. It's just you, you really got to get the eye test involved and so on. Am I pumping his tires either? No, I'm not. But I'm not going to say that he's going to be a bust or anything like that either because he's 18 years old. He's yeah, still got a long know. way to go. Right, right. Um, moving on to somebody that I watch a lot lately because – 
you know, Providence games are at seven, seven o'clock Eastern time and Bruins games are at seven o'clock Eastern time most of the time. But Fabian Lysel out in the WHL with the Vancouver Giants. This is his first year. Uh, he was a, a draft import from uh, Vancouver in 2020. And um, I, he's more of an adjustment period, his first like couple weeks with the team, but really offensively has picked it up. Um, oh. I don't have the numbers in front of me or anything like that. but I got I'm, him here, Mark. 23 games. He's got 11 goals. Uh, 17 assists, 28 points. Uh, the most remarkable, uh, two remarkable stats. He's a plus 11, you know, as a, as a rookie in the WHL and 28 penalty minutes. Yeah, exactly. I love the fact, look, a lot of people um, didn't like the idea of him being sent to, to the WHL, but you know, there's more than just hockey involved here. We're talking a kid who's who's never lived abroad on his own. He's coming into, I, I don't consider Canada or the U.S. separate countries when we're talking about this. It's, it, it's the same thing. He's coming to a new country uh, with totally different lifestyles, different uh, uh, foods and all this stuff. You know, I actually have... Uh, thing set up to talk to his billet family on oh, nice. how his ad- adjustment has gone uh, to to North America. So it's not just the hockey; it's life too. And and from my my understanding, this is the same billet family that had Bowen Byram in. Oh uh, when, wow! You know, so they know how to how to bring a kid because you know, Mark, you're around these guys. Billet families are like. Uh, a second family to them. So, oh, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, Lysel really started uh, to me, it was consistency because I think through his first 20 games, I don't have those numbers in front of me. So I should have had them that he only recorded points in back-to-back games once, but last week or two weeks ago, he was moved down to the fourth line yep. and then brought back. And then he just went off just like that. It's the some players react better to benching than being talked to, and other people need that stern talking to. I think we know what what Lysel is. So we got he got sent down to the fourth line, moved back up, and just took off. And I I think he's got points in five of his last eight games. And here's the thing: the three games that they lost. Two of them was once he went with without a point. So we know who drives the offense there. So if Fabian Lysel puts up points, we know the Vancouver Giants have a good chance of winning. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, uh, but now he's he's off to. Uh, they're scheduled to play tonight and tomorrow, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but he, is he off now for to to join Team Sweden? Or I don't think Sweden's in Canada yet. Yeah, I'm not well, totally sure about that one. But I know, yeah, he did get invited, and and he is going to be playing for Sweden. So. Yeah, but I don't think Sweden's arrived in Canada yet, so he will probably play tonight, and then join uh, head up to. I think Sweden is playing out of Red Deer. And the other the other division is playing out of Edmonton. So 
He'll probably head there after tonight's game, or maybe he will play tomorrow night. Who knows? Depends on no. when Sweden arrives. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the uh, <laughs> to the World Juniors. Definitely. Well, I, me too. Not I mean, we only got one Bruin in there. Yeah. But the hockey, you, unless you're talking the Olympics here or the Stanley Cup final game seven, you're not going to find better hockey to watch. All right, the last player that I want to talk about is uh, somebody I wrote an article about recently. He's going to be joining the Boston College Eagles uh, in the 2022-23 season, and that name is Oscar Yelovic. And um, I think that you – I reached out to you, Dom, because I wasn't totally sure on what was going to happen with the next year. I'm talking about 22-23, not 23-24 when he's committed. So – there's a, there's a, there's several options for him. He could definitely go and play, like you mentioned. I got to give you credit for that. This is not me, but you can. Uh, he could definitely play in the. Um, uh, is it the Alex Vecchian League? Yeah, they probably um, hacked that. <laughs> I, I, I could barely. He could play there. He's got another year of eligibility in the J20, which is where he's playing now. Um, he could come over for a year to the USHL. Now, I did some checking on that after you asked me, Mark. A team could add him now to their roster, even though he's still he's playing in Sweden. As but an import, burns, right? Yeah. It, it burns a roster spot for them. So they can't they can't fill that roster for the spot for the remainder of the year. Oh. So okay. I don't know that any team is going to take that chance, right? That's risky. Yeah, that is risky. More likely, he will be a top pick in the USHL draft in May. Yeah, in May. I I think he'll be a first-rounder in the draft. Um, uh, I wrote about this Monday, too, Mark. He could could jump to the uh, one of... Canada's junior A leagues, that's a step down, but you yeah. don't want him going there. I mean, I'm a proud Canadian, but you don't want him going there. Unless it's the BCHL, I'd be fine with that, but uh, you you don't want him going there. And Well, the BCHL would be, would be the only league that he could go to because if he does any world, if he does no, any Canadian he could go, junior, he could go, No, he could go to the Ontario Junior Hockey League, not right, the right, NHL. Right. Uh, so the junior A leagues, they may, they maintain um, college eligibility. College eligibility because right. they're not considered professionals. Now, is it possible that a CHL team could select him in the import draft next year? And I would say yes. Here, here's the catch. To be drafted in, in the CHL import draft, you have to have two. You have to have an import spot available, and there's always teams that have import spots available. So, will anybody take the chance? I think they will. I think somebody is going to grab them, probably in the second round, as opposed to the first and towards the end. Now, you and I both know, Mark. There have been players that have committed to the NCAA. And and have reneged on those commitments and gone the junior route. Okay. If I I, I don't want to hint that the Bruins are involved in this in any way, but 
if you look at Fabian Lysel in Vancouver, having the season that he's having, reportedly making an excellent adjustment to North America. Um, and the Bruins did have to work with the, with the Giants to get him in because they had to clear a... a yeah, uh, they made a trade, spot. actually. Yeah, they had to clear a roster, an import spot, plus buy out his contract over in Sweden and so on and so forth. Could they look at that and say, hey, Vancouver, draft him. Um, let's, you know, we'll figure out a way to get him over here and, and get him into your program. Now, with Lysel, it was a different story because... Um, his his general manager works for Fabian Lysel's agents uh, group, whatever the, it, that agency. So his GM is basically his agent. Um, you know, the, the other thing with Vancouver is uh, Scott Bradley lives in the lo- lower mainland of British Columbia. So he's right there. So, why they could they can work with the Giants so um I don't know it, it I would say that the chances of it happening are slim but I wouldn't put it at zero mark I could see a case where he's drafted in the CHL import and then goes the the Canadian major junior route so tell me about the player because you were excited about this one oh I'll be honest, when he was first drafted, I thought, oh, here's another P.J. Axelson special. But um, I watched his first three games, like Harrison, just like Brett Harrison, went pointless in his first three games. I go, oh, this guy's a wash. Uh, and, like, I mean, he was a fifth-round draft pick. You, you, you don't start writing those guys off that early. And then, like Harrison, he... Well, hold on. I got it here. So he's played 23 games. I, in his last 20 games, he's got 11 goals, 14 assists, 25 points. <clears throat> now, I love this kid because the more I watched him, the more I thought, man, this kid can play hockey. Skates well. Uh, he's got great edge work. Sees the ice well. Um, he can play wing and he can play center. Uh, he's playing mostly wing now plays on the top line he plays 20 minutes a night so he, he gets a lot of ice time um, on the first power play unit he kills penalties he does it all and even after a slow start he's 10th in the league in scoring and he's got games in hand on uh, on everybody in front of him it's just his shot I, I thought you know because He's five foot eleven and hundred and eighty-one pounds, Mark. So he's got a little bit on his frame, but you look at him and think, man, this guy can't shoot a puck. And then you watch wire it and you know, wow, he can shoot. Yeah. The thing is, is he's got so many release points that you don't know when when the puck is coming off his stick. Goalies yeah. have a hard time reading him. So he reminds um, me of that. He reminds me of the old style. Well, no, Phil Kessel still does that. He's, yeah. This is shooting in stride, which which yeah. can can really <laughs> off off balance a, a defender. And never mind that, really aggravate a goaltender because like a backhander, like a backhander, you don't know if it's where it's coming from or where it's yeah. going. Yeah. So he's he's like 
I, I'm thinking, boy, this guy was a real find by, by, uh, uh, PJ. And, and I was at first, I was like, oh yeah, another PJ Axelson special because PJ's missed on a few guys, but I think he found one here. I mean, yeah. it's too early to tell, but I can't wait for him to get to North America uh and start developing the north american game and see how his adjustment goes because we know what 18 years old mark it's not written in stone just because he's doing it now doesn't mean he's going to do it in two years from now i mean look at zach sinition 40 goal scorer twice right um yep. so yep. It, it's two greyhounds it, yeah starting from the fourth line starting on the fourth line yeah. in, at the Sioux in a very deep greyhounds team yep. 26 goals as a fourth yes. liner, then the next season goes up, gets forty, and then the next season he gets higher in the in the in the uh, in the roster, he gets forty six. <laughs> yeah, so you know we we know it doesn't mean anything as an eighteen year old. It's just now watching him for the next three or four years and see how the development progresses. Like I mean, if if I can touch on Johnny Beecher, if you'll allow me. I was actually, I had him written down, but we were okay. running out of time. So if you don't mind, go right ahead. No, uh, like, I mean, we all know how deep the uh, Michigan Wolverines oh, are. Crazy. Like a star power team. Uh, who, who, by the way, uh, Mason Lawry's uh, team pounced 6-1 to one on yep. Saturday. Yep. Um, you know, he had the, the shoulder surgery a year ago. He started off the year injured again. Came back and got uh, four points in his first four games, Mark. Uh, and I liked it as all around game is developing. And again, you're getting this in advance because somebody asked me, it's not coming out to my mailbag tomorrow. So you're <laughs> getting it early. Loving it. <laughs> it. So somebody asked me about him. I said, because I made this comment about it in, in my prospect report on Monday, but. I have a concern, concern, even though all parts of his game is developing because he hasn't registered a point in nine games. Okay. And it's like this person thought that I was being uh, not very kind to him. And But here, here's how I look at it. Yeah, you can say his all-around game is developing and blah, 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 and, and make the excuses. But... Well, Michigan's so deep that, you know, uh, he doesn't get top line minutes and all this. Okay, so he's getting third line. He's getting fourth line. So he's going up against weaker opponents. So with his talent being what you say it is, and he's going up against weaker talent, why hasn't he put up a point in nine games? Right. Valid. That's like that's like saying Brad Marchand puts up five points in five games going up against I don't know the best defense the, the Islanders top pair. Okay. But when he's going up against um could be two really bad defensemen. Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> Brad Marchand has moved to the fourth line, he's going up against really bad defensive pairs and gets no points. Yeah. 
That's where he should be getting more points. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is what I'm saying about uh, my point about Beecher is I don't want it. It's not to be a point per game player, but he has to give me something. And if you're going up against weaker defenses and you're as skilled as everybody says you are, where's the production? I, I won't buy the excuse that I'm not, that he's not getting top line or uh, top line or top six minutes. Yeah. This is such a deep theme. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's, it's okay. Saturday. It's not like he was going up against Mason Lori, Ohio's best defenseman. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's going up against the third pair. So why, why, why no production? And it concerns me, Mark. It really does. And I don't know if it's the after effects for the injury, but he started out with four points in four games. So, um, is what career half a point a game player in the NCAA? Yeah, I think he's not at that now. Well, it's going to be interesting on how he transitions in his game, Dom, because I mean, the, technically, there were rumors that were going around that he was going to sign pro, but then there were a kickback from a lot of people like you and I saying, Why would you do that? And with who they draft, with who they had with like Matt Bernier's and so on and Owen Power and all these guys, why would you want to turn pro when you have an opportunity to win a national championship? Yeah. I think you know? he signs. I, I think once the season is over, Mark, either signs a PTO to finish out the year in, in Providence or he signs his uh, entry-level contract and uh, finishes the year out in Providence and – uh, maybe gets a game in Boston to burn a year off of his contract. I don't know. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go that far with him. Right. Right. I wouldn't let him burn a year off. Of, uh, what's the point? It's not like he's a free agent that you're trying to lure like uh, a Tory crew back in the day. Right. Right. So he's your property. Why, why burn the year off? So I, I do think he signs at the once Michigan season is over. Um, I don't know. Right now, I see him topping out as a third-line center. And uh, that's okay if Jack Stanik is your second-line center uh, down the road. But neither one are going to be your first-line center. And, awesome. you know, in a, in a couple of years, you're talking Brett Harrison, too. Yeah. And, I mean, he's not going to be your first-line center either. Um, so you, you've got... Stadnika Harrison uh and and Beecher and Frederick as as your four a few de- years down the road. You don't have a number one centerman there. And um I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I just hope that somebody falls into their lap like Pasternak did or Lysel did this year. Yeah. Uh, in next year's draft. Absolutely. It, it's a very good draft, so it's possible. All right, Dom. Listen, I've had you way beyond the hour that we discussed. Yeah. And I truly, truly appreciate that, man. Uh, you are the best. And just somebody that I've uh, constantly leaned on when I needed some help and graciously gotten back to me um, as soon as you could and gave me the info I needed or just gr- gravitated me to a, uh, an area that I needed to be. So uh, thank you for your constant friendship. Thank you for your uh, appearance today on the program. I truly appreciate jumping oh, in and, uh, pleasure, and talking. Mark. 
it was really fun to catch up and so on. And, uh, and listen, I, um, I, I just want to, uh, I'm, I will say it on Twitter later on, but I'll say it now. Uh, I, I hope you and your family have a safe and happy, uh, Christmas, uh, coming up in the next week or two. Uh, actually, no, it's next week. Damn. Yeah. it's <laughs> Jesus. I'm getting old and I'm losing my mind. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure my son will have my grandson, uh, watching this, but, uh, because grandpa's on, on, he'll call it TV, but uh, no, you, he, he doesn't quite speak uh, enough yet, Mark, and probably won't understand when it, when uh, <laughs> I say, I got to get out to the store tomorrow and pick up his bicycle because that's what he's getting for Christmas. So, <laughs> um, uh, Hunter, if you're watching, you didn't catch that. <laughs> All right, uh, please, everybody, if you want to know a lot about, about, about uh, the Boston Bruins from a different angle and the prospects that are coming up through the system in, in the Canadian junior ranks particularly, Please give a follow to Dom on Twitter at Dom Tiano. Dom, thanks again, man. I truly appreciate it, bud. My pleasure, Mark. We'll have to do it again soon. All right, folks, that was it. Dom Tiano was my guest uh, for an hour and a half. We were only scheduled to talk for an hour, but uh, this this stuff happens. When we talk Boston Bruins hockey prospects and all kinds of good hockey stuff we tend to get carried away so hopefully dom was not late for his appointment uh that he had scheduled uh but uh, i want to thank him so much for his time today and over the years of just being somebody to lean on um when needed when i needed uh, an avenue when i got stuck in my research just knock on on uh dom's dms and and um you know he came a running with an answer and and provided some great information that i use in my articles my use on this podcast and we talk about him a lot. So great follow. Please follow him at Dom Tiano on Twitter. And do check out the Dom Hockey um, uh, website and all his Bruins talk and his hockey talk and so on. And I'll put that link in the show notes uh, below. So please check that out for the YouTube um, uh, viewers. And with that being said, um, I just want to say thank you for to everybody who um you know who's, who's listened so far and please uh rate and review we truly would appreciate that that really helps us a lot uh but we do uh, have a <clears throat> we do have a patreon account going on and if you want to get involved in these weekly giveaways please donate one dollar to uh patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and what we do is we take 50 percent 50 cents of your dollar and put that towards our small um sports media company but the other 50 cents we take we put that into prizes and so on. We have hand-signed jerseys. We have signed pucks. Check this out. This is Don Marcotte, 1972 Stanley Cup, fully authenticated in the back. Johnny Busick, 70-72, awesome, authenticated. Everything, everything I buy is fully authenticated. Check this out. Terry O'Reilly, got the sign. Everything, boom. I know I don't buy anything that's going to be, uh, you know, sketchy or anything like that. Everything comes with a, a certificate of authenticity, so you rest assured that it's coming from a real person. So uh, this week's winner. Let me grab the jersey real quick. Look at this, hand signed Andy Moog right up there, fully authenticated. Love it. All star, four time All star. Awesome. And this week's winner, or this month's winner of the Andy Moog hand-signed jersey is Mr. Andrew Taverna. Andrew, congratulations, bud. Thank you very much for your contribution every week, 
every month, every year. You've been an amazing person and um, we, you're awesome. So th- this is why we, we do this for people like you that contribute financially, but um, truly appreciate it. And we'll, I'll get this sent out as soon as possible. So that will be it for episode 257. We truly thank Dom Tiano. We truly thank Andrew Taverna and uh, and shout out to Heather Ingerson for uh, not making it, but uh, continued in my thoughts and hopefully everybody's thoughts because she's a tremendous part of this uh, Boston black and gold uh, hockey podcast program every week. So um, with that being said, my name is Mark Oliver. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review. Please share, retweet, do all that fun stuff. But above all, um, you know, it is the holidays and we will talk next week anyway. But if you if I don't have a chance to talk to anybody or 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 speak to anybody via podcast audio form, please have a great holiday. Uh, Be safe and uh, spend it with uh, family and friends. Um, You know, numbers are going up with this stupid pandemic crap again. But hopefully you'll be able to spend some time with your with with loved ones. So with that being said, peace the F out. Let's go Bruins. Bruins, Vegas tonight. And uh, hopefully the pandemic didn't catch uh, any more people um, on this Boston Bruins team. But anyway, peace out. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.